amazing Sunday. Hello, everybody. It's a privilege to be here. You know, they always say this is the friendliest community in the whole ISF. So it's a privilege for us to preach here. Um, I, I could preach every, every last Sunday, like the last Sunday last year. I also uh, had the privilege to preach with the team. And today also, so I invited uh, the, the best preachers I could invite. Now, this is my mom at the very end. So it's a privilege to have her here on my side. And is, this is the, the, those are the pastors from the Youth Planet, Miri and Paul Sieber. So it's great to preach with them. And my name, I'm Joel, Joel Vögli. So I'm normally on Sunday night, I'm here. And also I'm the pastor of the 20s, the Young Adults Ministry here in ICF Zurich. And we're going to preach today um, about how you can have the kingdom of heaven in your life. So it's not today about to become a better Christian or to be a little bit more happy and to know a little bit more about God. It's really to have the kingdom of the heaven in your life, to experience it in real. So that's the goal of this message. So I want, I want to start, we, we thought about it would be great if we could start with stories how we experienced already the kingdom of heaven in our lives. For example, myself. When I was four years old, I was singing a worship song together with my mom. And during this song, I experienced something I've never experienced before. It was like I experienced the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And something touched me so much in my heart that I said, from now on, I want to follow Jesus Christ. So what I did, I made the most important decision in my whole life at the age of four. I don't know about your decision making. With me, it worked well, and I'm still following Jesus Christ. So how I experienced the kingdom of heaven in my life was in my teenage year through the power of community. So I was raised as an ICF child, and so in my teenage years, um, for me, it was like going to church on my own at Sunday night and reading the Bible, and it was like that. But then someone had a prophesy for me, and that leads me to volunteer in the church. And so I started to volunteer at ICF Kids, and then in ICF Kids, they gave me the um, possibility to lead the small groups. And later then, I thought, okay, to do small group, I need to have maybe the small group leader training. So I, I did the small group leader training, and after that, at Sunday night, I thought, I don't want to just lead the small groups in ICF Kids. I want to do a small group with, with those people that I meet every Sunday night at church. So I started to do a small group with people that I doesn't know very well, but then we became real friends wow. and this is one of the kingdom or one of the treasure that I meant from the kingdom oh. Jesus Christ met me when I was 19 I had grown up in a Christian home but I had no idea about how to come into a personal relationship with Jesus God solved this problem for me by touching me through a word that I read in a Christian meeting one night. You are chosen to be his daughter. Wow. 
This hit me and touched me deeply in my heart. And I could not stop crying. I went to my room and I just fell down. And I knew this was God who spoke to me. I never before had experienced such an intense love as I experienced right then. And I handed my life over to Jesus Christ. I was born in a Christian family. So my parents told me from a young age on a lot about Jesus. For them, it was really important that I know two things, that Jesus loves me and that he wants a relationship with me. So it was just normal for me to talk with God and to communicate with him. And when I was 11 years old, we went on a vacation as a family. And on one day, I heard my parents praying in tongues. And I was really excited. So I asked them and they prayed for me. And since these holidays, I received a second language who helps me to communicate with him. And also when I was a teenager, I loved it to go on a walk with God. I loved to talk about everything with him. And uh, on one day, I remember the Holy Spirit told me friendly that I not just have to talk, that I also have to read his word. So now, when I have a time with God, I not just talk, so I also read his word. I'm sure in here a lot of you also have great stories. When you experienced the kingdom of heavens, I don't know what it was and where it was, but each one of us has a story and to experience, to get in touch with the kingdom of heaven changes something in you and it changes our life. But there was a study that a scientist did in 2005. Like he did an interview with over 3,000 students um, and it was Christian students. So people who you could think, oh wow, okay, they, they had experienced the kingdom of God. So, and he asked them, what do you really, really believe? And what he found out, like most of the Christian students believed something that he called himself the moralistic therapeutic deism. And I want to go through this. It's like five beliefs, five thoughts that most of the Christian students believed. So first thing, God who created and ordered the world watches over human life. So that sounds still quite biblical, okay? The Bible also starts with this sentence, like God created heaven and earth, so, so far so good. Second thing, God wants people to be good, nice, and fair to each other, as almost all religions teach. Okay, so now already they think there's not a big difference between the religions Many Christian students believe that there's not a big difference between the religions. Third thing, the main goal of life is to be happy, to feel good, and to have a healthy self-esteem. Oh, wow. So for many, the center of their belief is me, myself. It's about me, my religion, my faith. The four, the four, uh, number four, God does not need to be specifically involved in life unless he is needed to solve a problem. Oh, wow. Okay, now it doesn't sound very biblical anymore. Where is this kingdom of God that they experienced? And the fifth one, 
Good people go to heaven when they die. So not even to go to heaven, you need God. Now this made me think a lot when I heard this study. Because I asked myself, they call themselves Christians, but where is the experience of the kingdom of the heavens? Where is the gold inside their faith? Where is this loving Father? Where is this Jesus who saved them, the power of salvation? Where is the Holy Spirit who transforms their life? Where is the kingdom of heaven in their faith? It just feels like gone. That was the first thing. And then the second thing was, actually, I do know quite a lot of people who also believe something like this. It's very common in our society, actually. And the third thing, I was thinking, maybe if I just stay passive in my life with Jesus, my faith will also maybe change. And it's a matter of time. In a few years, I would also maybe just believe those five empty beliefs. So we need to be good in finding the kingdom of God again. We need to learn to find the gold, the treasure of the kingdom of God. Yeah. What does your faith look like? Is it like tending in one of these directions that Joel told us? Or is it concrete? Or is it practical? So, and today we want to enter in a parable that leads us to this kingdom of God. And Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew uh, 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. So the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure who was hidden in a field. And when he find, found this gold, this treasure, he buried it back, went home, sold all that he had to go back to this field where kingdom of heaven is in there. And my question today is, what is your treasure? Or what is the treasure that means kingdom of heaven in your life? Or what is that field that you know I need to buy that I can find this kingdom of heaven? this treasure in my life. Maybe there are some priorities that you need to do at your second place or third place or something that you need to give less priority that the kingdom of heaven can have major priority in your life and you can find it in this field like a treasure. So we talked before about some of these fields in our life and we want to enter in and talk a little bit more about this 
fields and my question today is do you also have a field where a treasure is in who means kingdom of heaven so as i told you one of my kingdoms so one of my field where i find kingdom of heaven is to spend time in community with friends that encourage me and challenge me to find the gold in my faith. So, I told you, when I was 16, I found the first time this gold. But before I found this gold who meant kingdom of heaven in my life, before I thought community, small group, this is for people who are poor in faith. But then, as I told you, I got a prophecy, and then I found I found this field with kingdom of heaven in it. And I, met, and I knew, wow, there is real kingdom. There is real kingdom. And then later on when I was 20 or 21, I had other fields that was maybe a little bit more important, that, that, that takes more priority. And I needed to remember that one day I had to find this field that means kingdom of heaven in the power of community. And today I love to have, that, that leads me back. And today I love to have friends in my life. I love to have community, small group at church. Not only big church on Sunday, but also small group at home. Like Jesus, he was in the synagogues, but then he was in the houses. The first church, they were in the synagogues, but then they met in the houses. And also me, today I have boys with them I, I share my life and they encourage me they challenge me that I can go more and more into this kingdom of heaven and we met every second um, Monday and in the beginning it's always the same so there are some people from church and from people from church they went to real friends yeah. real friendship yeah, yeah. and this is the power that, that I can expect in my life. And the other that I do is every, every Wednesday we go to, to, to a gym with, with some guys and we tell, we tell this um, body and spirit and soul because we do first gym and then we go and eat a dinner kebab. <laughs> and then after this, we talk about Jesus. And these are for me, these are like brothers. So four weeks ago, um, uh, a friend of mine who, who, I, who was uh, in, in, in a soccer team with me 11 years ago, he met Jesus. And then he told me, I need brothers in faith that we can go forward. And I told him, yes, I have these brothers. We meet every Wednesday. And I thought, wow, when I look back in all these years, I know we were at one place. And today we are at a place in our faith that kingdom of heaven is more real than it was before. And we always said in our group, one day we'll be further than we are today. And sometimes it costs me time. Sometimes it costs me a football game. <laughs> but the real gold in it that I can have when I buy this field, it's value so much. Yes. As I told you before, I was so overwhelmed by the way God met me when I was 19. 
There I promised him, I will serve you wherever you send me. Everywhere in the world, even to the worst places, I will go and serve you to Afghanistan maybe, or to Bangladesh, or wherever. God took me at my word and he sent me to Zürich Wollishofen. <laughs> there, as a young pastor's couple, my husband Ernst and myself, just married, started our life in a little Methodist church. Well, I went for the treasure and God sent me to my personal field. There I could learn how to serve him. Ernst and myself, we really practiced it. We were practicing serving each other. Honestly, we were not always successful. But God brought us through several processes and it became better and better. And we found so many pieces of gold in our marriage life. And we have not finished yet. But back to the story. God uh, led me to a word in the Bible that was really very important for me. Jesus said, who among you wants to be the greatest shall be your servant. Because he himself, Jesus, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. One of these many was Hans. And I want to tell you something about this man. I visited him from time to time. He was a grumpy old man. One day I heard Hans was seriously ill. Not only physically, also mentally, they said. They said he was aggressive and he was in danger to enter into a world of paranoia. I knew I should visit him, but I was not in a mood of it. And to be honest, I was afraid. But I knew I should go, so I went. When I entered his apartment, it was obvious that he was in a very bad situation. He was lying in his bed and his breathing was very difficult. The devil is sitting on my breast, he complained several times. Hmm, the devil. The Bible says that Jesus has come to destroy the works of the devil. This came right now into my mind and I proposed Hans if he wanted we could chase this evil spirit away. Hans was not a religious man, but to my astonishment, he agreed immediately. I think his situation was really serious. <laughs> so we chased this evil spirit away with a short and simple command. What happened then was just wonderful. Hans felt better immediately, and it was obvious also for me that he felt better. His breathing was becoming easier, and he just rejoiced. 
It has gone, he said. What kind of power was this? This was Jesus. Hans topped the situation. He started uh, proclaiming a verse of the Bible. I could not understand. And he said to me, listen, I got this word 70 years ago by a pastor and it came into my mind right now. <laughs> Hans was so happy and he realized in this moment God had not forgotten him all these years and God met him in a new way right now. Hans handed his life over into the hands of Jesus Christ. Within the next days, Hans recovered and he could leave his bed. For me, this was such a wonderful treasure. Yes, I was challenged. And yes, I was afraid. And yes, I had to be obedient. But it was worth it. I found the most beautiful treasure, Jesus himself serving a grumpy old man. My favorite field where I love to search the kingdom of God is to have time with him. I love to talk with him and I love to have his advice all day long. And the last few years, I watched my parents how they told me about their time with God. And not that I was jealous, but I really was wondering what are they doing because they told me that they could spend hours with God, they hear his voice, they have prophetic words, they get healed. And I saw my field and I was not really happy. I knew there was, there has to be more. So I made a decision and I knew it costs me something. I want to have this as well. So I decided to get up one, er, one hour earlier in the morning to spend some time with Jesus. And I didn't know that it cost me that much because the first few weeks were really tough. I was really tired in the morning and not so motivated. But after a time, I became to love it because I was more ready in the day. I get equipped for what's, um, what's on the day. So I read the Bible and in Psalm 118, in uh, verse 24, it says, this is the day the Lord has made. I wanna be rejoicing it and glad. And this is my focus when I go in the day. What a privilege it is to know the God of the universe, to start the day with him. And to know him in uh, Psalm 139, verse five, there's day that God is with us, his hands are, is over us and he will bless us. And with this thought, I go in the day. When I look back on the year 2019, it was not always easy. I had a lot of challenges. But to know that I have an appointment on the morning with God helps me a lot. In this year, it was not always easy to find this gold in this field and the price sometimes was really high. And there were mornings I just cried an hour with God, but he can handle this. And there were mornings I just loved 
to be in his presence, and I couldn't stop worshiping. And to this point, I just came too late to work. But what I really love is the moment where the Holy Spirit whispered me something in the morning he wants to do in the day. And one example I want to tell you. Something you maybe don't know about me is I love snails. I, don't, um, I love the big ones, the really, really big ones. They call them the African big snails. And Paul don't want them at home, so I take them in the kindergarten and the children love it. We take them out, we feed them, we watch them. They, they can have a bath, they love that. So anyway, um, snails lay a lot of eggs. And I don't want to have thousands of snails in my kindergarten, so I have to be very careful that immediately when I see an egg, I have to take it out. So at the last, uh, uh, some weeks ago, I found 16 snails who hatched out. And I have to get rid of them. But you can't put them in the nature, it's forbidden. So I put an advertisement um, on tutti. And somebody got really in touch with me. So I was really happy. And on this morning, the Holy Spirit whispered me that I want, that I should pray for this woman who wants the snails. So I was really excited, a little bit nervous. So I went to this home from this woman, gave her the snails, and I could pray for her. And it was such a beautiful moment. I could see her crying and getting in touch with the Holy Spirit. And this is the moment where I found this treasure. That was so beautiful. And on this moment, I know it's worthy the price. It's worthy that I get up so early that the Holy Spirit can tell me something, what he has planned for the day. In Romans 12, 12, we read that we should be faithful in prayer. And this is something I really want to do. I have at home a list where I have all my prayer requests. And I want to do this not only alone, also with friends and family. For example, on Tuesday morning, I pray with my mother with my cell phone, with FaceTime. And on Wednesday, I pray together with my husband, Paul. And on Thursday, we pray with friends in the club lounge at Samsung Hall, we pray for our church and for our city. And I noticed when I spent a lot of time with my heavenly father, his heart become my heart and his thoughts become my thoughts. His language become my language. And that's, that's the price worthy. I want to give everything for this field because not only I'm getting changed, also my surroundings. The question today is, what is your field that you have to purchase again? Now in my life, I knew from, from the age of four, I knew worship is like a, a field where I know the kingdom of God, the treasure is hidden inside. So I became a worship leader, very, very uh, obvious, of course. So for years, I was a worship leader also here in ICF, but, but uh, like seven years ago, I became a pastor also. So I had less time to be a worship leader. So when I was on stage, it was very clear for me that I, uh, I see God with all my heart, worship Him. But 
now when I'm standing in the worship, I'm not on stage, I'm down and worshiping together with, with everybody. And sometimes I'm responsible for the message or for the whole service at 20s. So there's a lot of things going through my mind. And it's not so easy anymore to focus on worshiping God. So that also happened like last Friday, so two days ago. I was, um, it was the last Friday, the last church service from, from ICF 20s, and I was thinking, okay, New Year's is coming, what is the new thing actually we should do, am I still the right person for this, and sorrows are coming up, and I was thinking, and all this time, and then I was thinking, stop, Joel, this is so, it's time of worship, everybody is worshiping here, so let's purchase this field and you know you know what it cost me it cost me to lay down all the sorrows to lay down all the circumstances put everything aside and just focus focus on God and just worship that was the field so I did that and and uh, I just okay God I, I just worship you after this worship time as, as soon as it was finished I just uh, a woman came to me and she told me Joel I just had a prophecy for you I've seen a picture, da, da 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 and what you are doing now, God is telling you, just go on and do it, still do it in the next year, whatever comes. And it was such a miracle. I had so much sorrows. What do I have to do new now? And God was so easy talking to me and said, is everything okay? Is everything all right? But I had to purchase this field of true worship and focusing Jesus only. I believe everybody of us has a field. Maybe you remember that you have already seen the treasure, experienced the treasure inside that field. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's even more than one field that you know in your heart you should purchase this field again, even if it costs a lot. But as soon as you remember that in this field there is kingdom of God, there is a treasure, you know it's worth it to purchase it. You know, everybody wants the treasure. And Jesus is so grateful that he tells us where the treasure is. It's hidden in a field. So let's take a moment, and I believe God talks to us very personally now. Let's be quiet. Maybe you take your cell phone and make notes of what God is telling you today. What field is he talking about? What do you have to purchase again?
thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking now. Thank you that you know the love language of everybody who is sitting in here. Thank you that you want to touch our hearts. And thank you that you are so much interested that we can get our treasures, the kingdom of you, God, in our lives, through our lives, in our families, in our surroundings. So we just want to commit ourselves to you, Jesus. In the field that is just lying before us. And we want to enter into this field in a new way. Yes, we want.